You're listening to the Denver Real Estate Investing Podcast, where it's all about helping you grow your Denver real estate portfolio. Here's your host, Chris Lopez. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. So this is a continuation of our Colorado Springs Deal Blitz. And I've got Jenny Bayless back with back in the studio with me to do a deal analysis on a single family rental. And as a reminder, we are starting, or Jenny is starting to do an email list distribution service where she's analyzed a handful of properties every week and just email them out to anyone on the email list. It's a great way to get to know the market, uh, see what deals are down there. I'll be on there myself just looking at it as well. So if you guys want to join on, uh, join the email list, email me, Chris at Denver Investment Real Estate, and we'll get you on the email list. All right, Jenny. So this is a single family rental. Correct. Beyond that, I know nothing else about it. Okay. So give me the details. <laughs> sure. So um, I just wanted to give everyone an example of what just a bread and butter single family rental would look like in Colorado Springs. Um, I personally, I really like the smaller homes, the two bed, one bath, three bed, one bath. We've had great success with those. And um, this particular one is a two bed, one bath. So you like, you like your... You like the one bath or like the two bath stuff? I do. Any yeah. particular reason? I don't know. It's just we've had really good luck, um, especially with the price to rent ratio, okay. being able to buy it and um, just had really good luck with tenants wanting it. I think it all depends on where you buy it too. Yeah. Um, so these are, you know, typically close to downtown is where where we like to do it. Okay. And um, so this one in particular is really close to Memorial Park, um, which is a really nice park down in the Springs. There's a lot of stuff that's going on non-COVID times down there. Um, so it's just a really great area for for people and highly, de- highly desirable. And this is just a property that you just found on the MLS, right? That's correct. Mm-hmm. Right. And give us the, the breakdown of why you like this property. Sure. So, um, as I mentioned, it was a two bed, one bath, about a 750 square foot sized home. Um, it was listed for 195000 which immediately um, piqued my interest because I noticed that it had instant equity built into it based on the condition of the photos and what I know comparables are selling for. Um, there's a lot that is selling it for about 225 in the same neighborhood. So that was kind of attractive to me as well. Um, I know we were talking about it a little bit before this, but um, I think that the sellers probably noticed the same thing in that um, I noticed after I had already performed this deal analysis at the $195,000 purchase price, they actually increased the list price by $10,000. So I think they got a lot of interest from everyone else who recognized that it was probably underpriced. What do you think the fair market value is? Um, in its current state, probably in the low 200s, but just a couple quick lipstick ads to it, I think you could get 225 Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And I don't know if you know this for this property or in general, but uh, since you mentioned the square foot of the house, are there standard like lot sizes? You know, Denver's pretty standardizing their lot sizes. Is the spring similar? We don't have standard lot sizes down there, but I believe this one was in probably about 4,000 square feet. They're really okay. good sized yards and it's really attracted to people with pets for sure. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, and just a personal note, we own a rental property down the street from this house. Um, so I'm 
impartial to this, you know, region as a rental property uh, hotspot. So another reason that it piqued your interest, huh? Mm-hmm. So you've got the uh, the property description public remarks here on the MLS. I don't know if you want to read those or just give us the, the bullet points on here, but how did the listing agent, you know, present the property I think in that, their flowerly language that they use sometimes? Yeah, no, I think they did a good job with it. Um, it says, come see this cute little home in a great neighborhood that is quiet and tucked away. The home features a spacious living room and an eat-in kitchen with a sliding glass door that opens up to the backyard. There are two bedrooms and a remodeled bathroom. There are likely hardwood floors under the current flooring, but not confirmed. <laughs> Come and see this home that is waiting for your updates and personal touches. All right. And then you've got your, I think these are your notes right here, right? That's correct. Okay. Mm-hmm. What, so yeah, these are your notes for what you would do to get it written ready, right? Mm-hmm. All right? Walk us through that. So I would definitely give it an interior paint job, just freshen it up. Um, I would also do a little bit of landscaping. I would not overdo it or anything, just kind of tidy up the yard a little bit, put some rocks down, um, you know, kind of tenant proof it in that regard. And then I would probably spend the most amount of time by sprucing out the kitchen. I would paint out the cabinets, put new laminate countertops down. And um, something that I've found a lot of um, good feedback in is just putting stainless steel appliances. In. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've gotten good feedback and usually a rent bump from those as well. Exactly. Uh, in unit washer and dryer here? I believe it was... Um, or at least hookups for set it? Set up for it, yeah. But okay. I, I would also put um, those appliances in there as well. So, yeah, what's your take on that? Because, you know, different investors and property managers are usually very, very opinionated on whether you provide the washer and dryer or you don't. So, it sounds like you generally provide it, right? I always provide a washer and dryer. And I also, in my lease, include a washer and dryer addendum in which um, both myself and the tenant signed saying, I recognize that this washer and dryer is the landlord's. Um, we will not walk off with it at the end of this lease because I, I know that those are kind of um, a lot of people's hiccups in, in why they don't like to provide washer and dryer. Yeah, my I mean, my preference is because my, my fear is that, you know, they, they go buy some used or get some free washer off of uh, Craigslist and then, you know, some 30-year-old hose it connects to it, then it leaks and spills. I'd rather put a new one in there, have a new connection. And yeah, it's going to cost a few hundred dollars, but if it minimizes potential dis- uh, issues for water damage, that's my risk tolerance right there. Absolutely. Or scratching up the floors, trying to install it. Just, yeah, I think it's just more attractive too for people to not have to worry about that. All right, so we've got Joe's spreadsheet here that you plugged uh, the rental numbers into. And again, if you guys want to see these numbers yourself, I know it can be hard to follow along as we talk about them. We try our best to talk about them. I try my best to enunciate the numbers and talk a little bit slower, but I know that's still a little challenging to follow. So click the show notes and we got screenshots of the, of the, um, of the spreadsheet here as well. So walk us through this, Jenny. Sure. So um, this is a single family home. So we went ahead and just put 20% down payment, which is pretty common for investment property loans. Yep. Um, purchase price, one ninety five. dollars uh, Acquisition cost, $5,000, which is pretty pretty typical. And then initial repair cost, that is $10,000 is what I budgeted. And that covers the items that we mentioned, the paint, um, sprucing up the yard, sprucing up the kitchen. Um, so we're all in for fifty five thousand five forty. Okay. And we can assume a thirty year fixed mortgage at about three point seven five percent. I think is a fair uh, rate. You probably would even be able to get a little bit better. 
Yeah, I think, I mean, we've closed some. They've been, um, I mean, like 3.3 to 3.5. So the numbers we go, hopefully, should even be a little bit better cash on cash return. Exactly. And then uh, $1,300 a month is a very fair um, rental rate for for this particular unit once we kind of give it a little bit of a facelift. Okay. What do you think, I maybe notice, but if you just rented as is without your rent-ready facelift, Mm -hmm. what do you think it would rent for? Probably... I mean, you could easily get eleven hundred. Okay, but do you think with ten thousand dollars, you'd bump up the rents about two hundred dollars? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's that's definitely worth it then. Yeah, because you'll you'll pay back that pretty quick, and mm-hmm. then yeah. All right, so standard three uh, percent vacancy, and then going out to the operating expenses. What do you have in here? So we have standard property management, ten percent uh, monthly reserves for maintenance, eight um, percent. Kind of what we've talked about in our other deal analyses is. That's pretty standard across single family homes. Um, and then real estate taxes, 600 and property insurance, about 800. So those taxes just, is that pretty standard taxes for down there for single families? It is. Okay. It's very um, nice. Yeah. <laughs> and your insurance is $800 a year? Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's just kind of standard landlord policy for, okay. Yep. Uh, I'm just used to the Denver numbers and they're usually, uh, you know, Double those. Right, right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, and that's the most recent tax assessment as well after last year's increase? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then assuming here, it looks like based on what you have in here, just the tenant will pay for all utilities. That's correct. Now for your single families down there, um, you have the tenant put Excel in their name, right? So everything is done through um, CSU, Colorado Springs Utilities, and they have okay. all of the utilities in one service except for trash. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. So that's just it's just one uh, big utility company out there? That's correct, yeah. Okay. So it makes things really simple. And then what we do is we have a landlord reversion so that if the tenant happens to not pay their utility bill that month, we get a notification. Um, and then once they move out, it automatically goes back into our name and we're billed for the... Um, like when they call and give them their move out date, mm-hmm. it'll just automatically revert back to you? Mm-hmm. Okay, so they, they handle water, sewer, electric, gas. That's correct. Interesting, mm-hmm. okay. And then you just have to call a separate trash company. Okay, what is, what's like the going rate for trash down there, do you know? It is about $60 a month. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, excuse me. $60 a quarter. Okay. I'm saying, that sounds really expensive. Okay. $60 yeah, a quarter $60 sounds... $60 a quarter. Okay. Yes. <laughs> okay. That sounds... Okay. Yeah. So, okay. So, and you just have a tenants put... Call it CSU? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, CSU is in their name for water sewer, electric gas. Mm-hmm. And then they have... They pay trash directly to whatever, you know, waste management or whatever trash provider there is? Correct. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, you guys don't have Excel down there? Nope. We don't. I just, I just assume the monopoly extended the whole front range. No. Okay. Yes. Um, and then I see nothing here for landscaping and snow removal. That's correct. Tenant's responsibility. Yep. And is this, uh, is this property have irrigation or, you know, a sprinkler system? No, most don't. Okay. Um, my preference is to zero escape the yards, maybe have a little back area for, for pets. Yeah. Um, but it's just, it's easier that way. Yeah. Cause it is a good sized yard and that, that would be pretty expensive to maintain. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and you had good luck with your tenants removing snow and mowing along and stuff. Mm-hmm. Great. Yep. And so going back to now we're on looking at the cash flow tab on the spreadsheet or screenshots from here. Walk us through these numbers. Sure. So what we're looking at right now um, is a net operating income of about 
10,924. Then when we subtract out the mortgage payments, we're looking at an annual cash flow of 2,254 a year. So that's about a 4.1% cash on cash rate of return, 5.3% cap rate. Um, just really standard um, numbers in my opinion for what I would consider a pretty easy investment. It's really yep. straightforward. So it's a, just a really good opportunity to add this one to your portfolio and let it grow. So we're looking at that, as, as you, everyone knows, I'm, I'm a cap rate person. So we're working at a 5-3 cap rate, which is, you know, we buy single-family homes in Denver a lot of times. We're from anywhere from like, you know, a low four to a low five, maybe a mid-five cap rate. Are you kind of seeing the same range down there for single families? Now, Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely getting tighter. Yeah. Okay. And would you call this, I mean, is this like, you know, I, I use baseball terms. Is, is this a grand slam, a base hit, pretty, pretty standard? Hey, this is just a good rental that will build your wealth over the next 20 years? Yeah. So I would consider it a walk. Okay. A walk? <laughs> yeah. It just, I mean, it's just really straightforward. Yeah. Um, get on, get on first base. Um, you know, I think it. I think it would be a great opportunity. And something I did want to mention is that um, I know your castle produces a lot of uh, data that kind of attests to this as well. But the the homes that are smaller in size and and lower in price are appreciating at faster rates than um, more of the median sized homes down there. So I think you'll be able to. Uh, capitalize on that a little bit quicker than you would a larger home down there too. Yeah, I, I'm guessing are you guys having a lot of the same issues that you know Denver it has just you know very low inventory for you know entry level and mm-hmm. affordable homes. Yes, and that's driving yeah. up the price. And then um, from what I've heard is that the cost of construction to build entry level homes is just too high. So it's just not there because they're not able to construct those homes. Yeah. So it's the same issues we have in Denver just with, with land and all the other stuff is just too expensive. So they build, uh, you know, higher end stuff and actually make money. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's unfortunate, but it's the way it goes right now. Um, awesome. Any other things you want to mention, Jenny, before we wrap up? No, I don't think so. I, you know, just as I mentioned before, I think it's a really, really good bread and butter property to own. Yeah. I like it. Awesome. Well, if you guys, again, are interested in the springs, let us know. If you want to join that email list, Virginia will start doing some email, some deal analyses to help you understand the market. Just shoot me an email. We'll get you all connected. All right. We'll see you in the next podcast. 